Hey, this is Justin Brooke from Faith Funnels, and you're about to hear from Zach Haggerty, who used to run a worldwide ministry. He's traveling the world, singing songs, and preaching the gospel all over the world, and then gave all that up to plant himself at a local church here in Tennessee, the church that I go to, and they started the altar music, and now they've got an album out. The album is called Welcome Home. It's phenomenal. I suggest you look up a song called Follow the Lamb. It's amazing. All right, with that said, let's jump into the interview. Take it away, Zach. All right, so here we are on with Zach Haggerty. Zach, thank you for being on. I wanted to know if you would be able to just tell us a little bit about your, what is your ministry, you know, how you, how you got it started, you know, give us the, the fast forward us up to today. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me on. You know, I live in Johnson City, Tennessee. I'm the worship pastor at the Altar Fellowship, which is a, a local church here that kind of has a global, international, you know, ministry reach. And I've been here three years since the beginning. I was hired on to, you know, lead the worship department to just be a worship pastor to our musicians when our church started. And so um, through that, we've launched the Altar Music, which is sort of a creative you know musical creative element through our church so we we did a record last year we've got a, a massive department and we um we we know write songs and we're kind of marrying the sound of the land with the sound of our church culture and you know i think it's really something beautiful and so uh I, i'm so pumped and so honored to it's got like an appalachian melton vibe to it but it's got a little bit of like brings back some of the motherhood of like uh scottish music you know brings in some of those elements and and, and super godly kingdom based. Uh, you know, my favorite is "Follow the Lamb." What you got a favorite? Can you say you got oh, a favorite? I feel like I feel like "Death Defeated" is probably probably my favorite. Just you know, the, it, that song was one of the hardest to finish. We didn't act. Funny story: we record did a live recording on a Friday. We didn't finish that song to the Wednesday before. Like during our sort of you know pre production, like. We're getting ready. We got to make sure this is right. And so I think for me, it holds a special place because it was like, you know, the harder the fight, the bigger the fish. And so it just feels, it just comes with a big journey for me. I mean, yeah. That's and that, that one always gets our church. Everybody's on their feet jumping. Yeah. That one's a good one. Yeah. So along the way, all right. So you got a music ministry and you're, you're helping the local church. You've got an album. So you're helping people nationwide. I know our album is uh, in the prisons or something. Can you talk a little bit about that real quick? Yeah. So we were approached by a ministry called God Behind Bars um, in the spring of 2022. So about a year ago, they reached out and they were like, hey, we've got sort of a closed network, similar to like Netflix and like YouTube sort of um, software that we, we release in these prisons. And so they're like, we don't have anybody that sounds like you guys on this this platform. And so we would love to, you know, release your music videos, but the the conference that we did out in Las Vegas, but that set out there and they're like, just be prepared. Like these guys, they love pen pals. So you might start getting massive amounts of fan mail. And we were like, man, that would be amazing to, you know, to see what we do week in and week out, reach the hardest and darkest places, you know, in the world and U.S. prisons. And so every single week we get 30, 40, 50 letters from inmates that are writing testimonies of how, you know, the song Follow the Lamb, like led them to their knees and they gave their hearts to the Lord or reminded them because it's got that Appalachian 
you know, family sort of generational sound with the banjos that reminds them of their, you know, their grandmother who used to pray for them. And, and so we, for a long time, I would correspond with all these guys. I would write them back and then it's grown so big. We've got a whole team in our church that that's all they do is they are pen pals with these, with these inmates. And man, it's just amazing to see that what, you know, God is pouring out here in our little church is going places that we could never personally ever walk into. And mm. pretty, pretty amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily's voice in that follow the lamb, man. That'll, that'll be, I don't care how tough you are, man. Her voice will just melt you. In. He, she is a, she's a favorite of some of these. <laughs> I, got, I bet man. she's got that voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So like, you're Zach, you're worship leader. You've got an album out. It's rolling through the prisons. But like, what was it like in some of the early days? What were some of the challenges that you were coming across that you had to overcome? Yeah. So prior, prior to moving to Johnson city, you know, I traveled full time. My wife and I were, we were missionaries. So we were doing a lot of work in the middle East. We were sort of leading a, a, a global training and development program for a ministry that was planting you know, mobile house of prayers throughout the United States. So I came from a completely different context. One of the the biggest challenges for me was who am I going to be, you know, planted as the local church guy? Cause I was never home, you know, for like six or seven years, I was on the road, you know, traveling everywhere, anywhere, any conference, any major event, I was there. And it was really exciting. So I was like, when I, when I got hired on here, when we felt like we were supposed to move, I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to discover who I am planted and seeded and in the same place week in and week out, you know, especially given the context of like a church plant, you know, it's like, well, what, what am I even getting into? And so that was a personal sort of hurdle to kind of like overcome, you know, what is, how does this, how does this age well, (laughs) you know, just sitting down and not. When my whole life and all my, the context of so many relationships were so everywhere's over there, global, what is it like to, you know, show up week in and week out, mon- on a, mo- a mundane, you know, Monday morning or your know, random Thursday afternoon? What is life like that really like? So how do you deal with that? How do you, uh, how do you get through that? Was that, yeah, it, it was, you know, it, it was really a step of faith, honestly, when, when the invitation came to move here kind of with the the instruction of, I just want you to sit down. I just want you to plant yourself, you know, stop traveling, like just love your wife, love your your children and and help lead this church and lead this ministry. Um, you know, I had no reason to trust Pastor Matty. Like I had no reason to trust him that it would turn out well, but I, at the same time, I had no reason to doubt that this is what God was calling me to do. And so it was a big step of faith and probably the first like six months were like the honeymoon period. You know, I was just like, Oh, I'm happy to be here. And then, you know, I kind of had to be confronted with some of my own restlessness some of my own, you know, striving for performance and doing things sort of, you know, um, because I didn't know who I was, right. I had to kind of rediscover who I was and who God was calling me to be in this day and age, you know, as a father and a husband and as a pastor and a local church guy. And so it, uh, it's turned out well, though. I'm so thankful that uh, that I was able to, you know, see into what I couldn't see at the time and, and say, I'm going to trust the same presence that led me here, that it'll be the one that that carries me through. Okay, so that's that's great. I love to hear how you overcome it. Are you 
were able to make that step of faith. Uh, so thinking back to what you know now, and I know you got kids, so let's let's position this. Let's say your kids want to follow in dad's footsteps and they want to start a music ministry. And I think they, they kind of are. I've, I've, I've seen your kids, you know, they're very musical. So what kind of advice would you give them in them starting their ministry career now, knowing what you know now? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing, it's the same advice I would tell myself, you know, 10 years ago is to find find a father, find a find a man, find a woman, find a family and plant yourself in it. And don't make decisions that are going to better your career. Make decisions that are going to better your soul. Because, you know, if you're going to live if you're going to live a better life, you're going to produce better work. And so I would I would tell my kids like plant yourself, find Find a, a faithful father and say, I want, whatever's in your heart, the dream of your heart, I want to make the priority of my life and, and trust that the Lord will, will honor your ability to, to honor a father. And, um, and, and through serving another man's vision, you know, ultimately you'll, you'll get your own. And so that's what I would, that's what I would tell him. And you are a godly man of faith, the strength there, man. All right, cool. Let's go a little bit more tactical, a little bit more technical. How yeah. do you measure the success of of your ministry, like what you guys are doing? What is, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, being doing a record right in the the church world, there's a tempt, a real temptation to measure success on record sales and Spotify playlists and you know, charts and all of that. And, and if I'm honest, there, there is a little bit in me that's like, ah, you know, keeps track of some of that stuff. But, but what I've really become determined is, you know, the measuring stick for success for what I feel called to do, uh, is really how much love is produced between me and the people that are, I'm doing it with, you know, what, um, cause at the end of the day, it's not about records. It's not about charts, not about, Spotify playlist. It's about we're a family with with uh, with a generational call. So whether any of this is successful or or not, we still got to love each other, right? We got to show up next week and still be able to look into each other's eyes and be like, man, I I've seen the journey that you've walked and I honor it, right? I, I know what you're struggling with. I, I'm I want to celebrate the wins and cover the losses in your life, and and you don't get that if your whole priority is just on what we can produce. You, you have to really live life with each other. So we kind of have a little bit of a mantra, even within our department, that if love is not produced, it's not worth doing. Uh, and so that to me, in, and I wish I would have known this 10 years ago, like the measuring stick of success is how much love is produced. Because um, it's easy to care about the people that you don't see week in and week out, right? It's easy to prioritize the conference across the world and not prioritize the people that you actually like actually know you and have seen you at your best and have loved you at your worst. And so I want to be able to offer that to the people that, you know, feel called to be joined to me and that I'm responsible for is that love would be the biggest pursuit. Cause if we love each other, we can, we can only go up from there. You know, anything's possible. Dude, I think your answer is definitely going to bless somebody because it blessed me. I mean, and my eyes started heating up. I was like, man, I better not start crying right here on this podcast. But, <laughs> oh, man, that hit me. It really, yeah, I should be focusing on the love that's being created with my team more than any of our numbers. Yeah. And stuff. So, man, thank you. Love that. All right. Um, 
Can you talk about a specific moment of accomplishment that you're particularly proud of in growing your ministry? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that I'm probably the the most proud of is, um, you know, doing our record, I think to me is a, such a big accomplishment, not because we did a record, but, but because we took the, the revelation that's happening in our church and we turned it into a language for our family, right? We took these, these concepts because the songs that we wrote for the record are, are as fresh and as new as our churches. Cause we didn't come in with, I didn't come in with preconceived ideas. I didn't come in with the thought of ever writing a song and doing a record. I've done that before, you know, in, in the past, but I came in with a, with a blank slate of, I'm going to serve, you know, my spiritual father. I'm going to serve the, the call and the responsibility that's in front of me. And I'm going to do it until, you know, until the Lord says otherwise. And so hearing these messages, seeing, you know, lives being transformed and families being restored and marriages being saved. And, you know, it gave, it, it, it was like, man, we have all these memories now. And these memories have become melodies, right? Follow the Lamb, Death Defeated, all of the songs. I can take you back to a moment of when that revelation births that language. And now that language has become really the, the framework and the, the sound of our family. And so that's probably one of my biggest, most proud accomplishments. Isn't the record, it's what the record signifies and points to is that, you know, people from all over the world moved you included right we just kind of moved and settled ourselves into this little community here in east tennessee and the lord has blessed it and out of it has come a whole framework of encountering who he is and our children's children will be able to point back and say i remember i've heard stories of this song that carried that breakthrough and we're living in the glory of it today yeah yeah it's nice to be able to take the worship home like i think a lot of churches I, i'm not trying to put anything on any churches but i think it's been really nice one like we have the podcast you know i think a lot of churches you know right. so listen to your pastor's sermon at another time or you can give it to it but to be able to take the worship home too that's that's been and, and not even just home like in the car as we're riding down the street you know like it's been great for our family to just be riding down the street listening to death defeated or we're going on home to our family in florida and we're listening to follow the lamb and it just keeps blessing us man it's it's really a treasure so big question uh this is for like the whole church all the ministries we're all trying to navigate question number six right now which is how has your how have you been able to adapt to the digital changes that are happening in ministry right now what's that been like for you because i know you you like me you've been around since before digital took over now digital is like the big show like what's that been like for you and how have you navigated that yeah you know i think that's that's a very good question and i think it's a something we have to be willing to address right because the world is not slowing down the digital age is not going to disappear you know we have access to anything we could ever want mm-hmm. you know on our phones and so i think um I, we were actually talking about this at staff meeting that i think it's because of the accessibility of the digital age it's going to teach us what's actually most important mm-hmm. you know the 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 fact like the fact that you can sit on your phone and watch a pastor or watch this can you know just be a consumer um i think we kind of learned or are going to learn that that's not actually what we really want. 
And so it's it's almost like the the excess of it is going to show us what's missing in our life. And so what's one of the reasons why we have chosen to not do live stream up to this point, you know, at our church is because we didn't want to make it too easy for people to disengage to what mattered most. As convenient as it would be sometimes, as as lucrative as it might even be, it's like Zach, it'll grow the numbers. Right, right. But again, going back to how much love is produced, it's easy to hide behind the screen. It's hard to hide face to face, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think um, I think we, as far as it's, it's up to me, you know, I love the digital age. I, I think it's awesome. But I have to go back to, does it help me love the people I'm called to love? If I, if I don't ever have to have FaceTime with them, you know, can I really know them? Can they really know me? And so we're we're kind of using the the accessibility of the digital age to kind of flip the script on it and be like, thank you for showing us what's missing. Now we're going to step in and occupy that space. That's why we, you know, through COVID, even though it was unpopular, we didn't stop meeting. Uh, we why we haven't done live stream as a vibrant, growing, dynamic church that could be all over the world. Why we haven't done it is because we recognize that face to face is what we were actually made for, and so we. We will use the digital age as a tool, but it's it's merely a vehicle. It's not the end of the runger. So use it, embrace it, but remember to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing, right. It's like get in the car, but always come back home. Right. right. It's like, <laughs> just a vehicle to get us the, over there so we can point right back to what matters, what matters most. Great analogy. Love that, man. All right. So last question. How have you seen God, the Holy Spirit moving through your ministry? In what ways have you seen that? Oh man, you know I've seen. Uh, I mean, even you were at church. You're at church on Sunday, right? I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think I. I think, you know, I've seen the Lord just show Himself faithful. That if we just follow Him, if we just honor what He honors, um, if we if we kind of just allow our lives to be defined by who He says that we are anything's possible and there's a freedom that comes when you just stop trying to live your life for other people or for what other entities or industries say you have to do to be successful and really just say i'm going to let the the love of the father the love of the son and the love of the people that are right in front of me be what drives me then he's going to be faithful to breathe on it and to finish what he started you know he who began the good work will be faithful to complete it and so it's not really up to me to try to make to try to work it all out in the end but it is up to me to be faithful to what he's put my hand to and so just seeing him answer answer that with you know more fruit and more rest than i could ever produce (laughs) in my own life has just been so encouraging and i'm convinced that you can do more seated and planted in the family than you ever could do running around on your own and so Um, I've experienced the fruit of that in my own life. I think our church is a testimony of what happens when people are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to stay put and I'm going to lean in and get close. We see, you know, breakthrough and freedom and prosperity and all the good stuff just sort of happen. Okay. So I can hear that the listener is like, wait, what, what happened Sunday? Can, Can we talk about Sunday a little bit? Yeah. All right. Let me set it up. Let me set it up. I would love to know because we have two different views because I'm in the pews and, and you're on the stage. So you, what you see, what I see is different. So this would be interesting. So Sunday, we go to church. Worship was great. 
But then, like, one song certainly came on, and I felt it. It just got thick in the room when this song we were singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. And uh, it just, everybody was reaching a little higher. People were singing a little louder, you know. And then it just never stopped. Like, worship just never stopped. You know, we just kept going. The men came up front. We were dancing. I better learn how to dance better because I didn't know we we're going to be having to dance in the church. <laughs> so, yeah, so just to kind of set it up, like, basically, we came to church normally, worship got the holy spirit came i believe you know the holy spirit came and worship just never stopped like two hours we just worshiped never did a sermon or anything so what what was that like for you what did you see what was your experience yeah so we have a little team huddle with our our media production the worship team um, at, at 10 minutes until service starts and you know normally it's where we give technical direction or we give like little reminders of hey this is what's happening and you know so and so don't forget your part or whatever and uh, we'll try to bring, you know, one of our directors will try to bring either like a word or a verse of like, hey guys, let's really kind of be unified around this thought. And so it was my turn to bring sort of the, you know, all hands in, go team sort of word. And I was like, guys, I'm going to be honest. I don't have this burning, profound revelation in my spirit other than this, Christ be glorified. Mm. I was like, we're living, you know, anywhere you look, you're seeing about the Asbury revival and this happening over here. I was like, that's amazing. I'm so thankful. And why, why it's amazing is because Christ is being glorified. And I said, but I want to remind us that we don't have to go there to experience the glory that God wants to pour out because he's the same God who is there. It's the same God that's here. I said, so whatever we do, let's just say Christ be glorified. And that was it. It was a simple like revelation. I mean, I, I, I honor what God is doing around our nation and, and, you know, these little outpourings that we're seeing happen. But I'm, I'm thankful that like, I don't have to go there to experience it. We get to live in it mm. day in, day out, because we're just willing to say Christ be glorified in worship, right? In business, in family, in parenting, in marriage, in, you know, the dinner table. And so to stand on that stage, as soon as we started, I felt like there's a hunger in the room in that first song, kind of did that little instrument. You were there, that little instrumental thing that's kind of our like call to worship and it's just i was just like man there is something special about this and at that 40 minute mark i know exactly what you're talking about you you could feel like this is about to break open yeah and it just sort of became this all-consuming thing because i think you know the lord will always just always respond to hunger and so i think we we what we saw on sunday was this sort of collective christ be glorified you know, everything Pastor Matt has been teaching, everything we learn at men's prayer, all the the kingdom principles that we're applying, not only to business, to ministry, but to our own daily lives. I think we're beginning to see the fruit of that start to come together. And and there's a verse in the Psalms it says that the the streams flow together to create a mighty river. And I felt like we saw kind of the yeah. the beginning of all the these streams coming together. And it says it makes glad the city of the Lord. Mm. And and so from my perspective, I was like, one, it's amazing what happens when men lead, right? The fam if as, as it goes with the man, so it goes with the entire kingdom, right? So all the fathers came up and then all of a, all of a sudden the kids came and like rushed the It was, you could feel the collective strength of the fathers of the house, of the men. And so I just saw this picture of all these streams just come becoming a mighty river. And so then it's amazing in the context of revival, when you live by a river, you don't have to chase the rain. 
because we have a, a living water that we can draw from day in and day out. And so I was so thankful to be in a company of people that are like, man, we, we honor the rain, but we're, we're going to plant by the river and we're going to, we're going to let, let what we carry add to what's already flowing. And I think we saw that happen on Sunday. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Pastor Zach, this has been an honor. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time and telling us these stories. I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.